You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday. Who we have with us? Hey, Dean, good to have you with us. I see Monica with us. Berthine, good to have you with us. Joanne Ponchi, good to have you with us. Valerie from Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, y'all, tell me where you're from. Put in the chat where you're from. Got Valerie from Jackson, Mississippi. I got Alex, got uh, Evelyn, good to have you with us. Magnissel, Magni- Shawanda, Shawanda, good to have you with us. Let us know where you're from. Listen, it's Tuesday. We are going to have a wonderful time in the Word. I, I pray that you had a wonderful time this weekend, and I'm praying for you to have a successful week, but it is Tuesday. It is time for the How to Win podcast, and we are teaching on a wonderful series that we're nearing the end entitled, God Wants You to Be Rich, Tracy. God wants you to be rich, Dion and Patricia. God wants you to be rich, Rita from Birmingham, Tracy from Helena. God wants you to be rich, Delisa from Forestdale. Oh, God, Shawana, she at home. Good to have you with us. Is that Gulfport there? Seems like I'm looking at a Catherine there. Uh, Gulfport, Mississippi. Good to have you with us today. We're teaching on the subject God wants you to be rich. Now, this is our ninth lesson. So we'll complete this on our 10th lesson. But this is our ninth lesson. And we have answer a lot of questions. We've covered a lot of territory. We've talked about the rich life is God's will. We've defined what the word rich means, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. We've talked about people whom God has made rich. we talked about the enemies or the assassins of the rich life. Then we got over into the why question. Why does God want you to be rich? And then in our last session, In lesson number eight, we began to deal with the how question. How does God release his riches to his people? So our subtopic for this part is the doors to the rich life. Good to have you with us, Carl. Good to have you with us, Ford Greenhouse. Hey, Gussie. Waterford, Michigan. Gussie, you in Michigan? Good to have you with us. Felicia, good to have you with us. Jennifer, Deborah, good to have you with us. Janice, good to have you with us. Listen, we're talking about doors to the rich life. This is our uh, part two. We have three parts, and we'll close out in our next session. But when we talk about doors, remember we're talking about answering the how question. These doors represent several things. They represent revelations that you receive from God, principles in the word, 
opportunities that God opened to you, your responsibilities, experiences, and then I'll add to that the favor of God on your life. So there are 10 of these doors, and we began to look at the first one in part one uh, in our last session. And that first door is the door of giving and receiving. And this door deals specifically, we know it can cover other things, but specifically, we are uh, specifying money. Come on, say money. We're talking about giving and receiving financial uh, resources, giving and receiving money. And I spent the whole session talking about giving. So I want to go back and I want to look at the second side as a door. You walk through the door, there's the front side of the door, that's the giving side. But the other side of the door, one door, same door, giving and receiving, is the receiving side. I want to talk some about the receiving side before we go to the second door. Now, it is God's will, not just that you give. This is called in Philippians 4, giving and conjunction and receiving is one door. They go together. Now, what I've discovered in pastoring people for a lot of years and teaching along these lines for a lot of years, what I've discovered is that many Christians struggle with receiving. Now, let me specify who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those individuals. I'm not talking about those individuals who they have a receiving mindset, but they don't give anything. I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking about Christians. Let me make sure my clock is on here. I'm talking about those individuals who have a who have a heart to give, have a heart to sow. They embrace the giving principle, but for whatever reason, they struggle with receiving. I've met a lot of Christians. They struggle. They they're open handed. They're they're willing to give, but they struggle with receiving. So let's, let's do a, a, a mini mind renewal uh, teaching now. Jesus taught giving and receiving. He taught the principle of giving and receiving. He didn't just teach giving. He taught giving and receiving. And not only that, Jesus was a giver but Jesus was a good receiver. Now, listen at this. We know that Jesus believed in this receiving principle because he gave instructions in the word on receiving. Luke 6, 38, most of us are aware of that text. It says, give, then it stops there, and it shall be given unto you. Now, If we give, Jesus says, it will be given unto us, which implies that we have to receive good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So notice Jesus instructs us to receive. Now, he had 12 disciples. He had 70 more disciples. 
And he sent them out. And when he sent them out, he said, don't take your money back with you. He says the laborer is worthy of his hire. Now he told them to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse lepers. But he also wanted them to receive. In fact, in Luke 10, 7, he said to his disciples, when they went into a home, because they were staying homes, he said, eat and drink such things as they give. Eat and drink. He's talking to his disciples now. He said, eat and drink such things as they give, which implies that he intended for his disciples to receive. God doesn't just want you to give. God wants you to receive. Now, listen at this. Jesus also allowed others to bless him. He was a great receiver. He was a great receiver. Now, listen at this. In Luke chapter 8, verse 1, I want to renew your mind, and I'm speaking specifically. Now, some of you, you know you struggle receiving. Now, you got that giving thing down, but you struggle with receiving. Luke chapter 8, verse 1 through 3, the Bible says that Jesus went around about the cities preaching the kingdom of God and setting people free. And then it says that there were many women who followed him who were healed of their infirmities. And then it says, it speaks out about Mary Magdalene, out of whom Jesus cast seven devils. Then it says something specific about their generosity. It says that they gave to Jesus and his disciples out of their financial resources. They were partners with Jesus. They were giving to Jesus, and Jesus and his disciples received. We also see in John 6 that Jesus received a little boy's lunch. He took what the boy gave, and he multiplied it, blessed it, and then he increased it 12 baskets over. We see in Luke chapter 7, Jesus received from a sinner. A Pharisee, very religious person, invited Jesus over his house for a meal. While Jesus was there, at the Pharisee's house, a woman, a notorious woman, everybody knew she was a sinner, as the Bible says, a sinner. This woman came, got behind Jesus, then sat down by his feet, and she began to weep. Tears flowed from her face and fell on Jesus' feet. And she took her hair and began to wash Jesus' feet. And then she took this precious bottle of ointment and began to anoint his feet. Cried, wet his feet with her tears, dried his feet with her hair, and then anointed his feet. And Jesus sat there. And everybody in the room knew this was a sinner. She was not a godly woman. She was not living a godly life. 
but she was sowing into the, the Lord. And guess what? He, he received it. He received it. Jesus was a good receiver. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a good receiver? Good to have you with us, Don. Good to have you with us, Marion, Sharon. Are you a good receiver? Are you? I want you to answer in your chat. I want you to answer. Are you a good receiver? I see Marion said, I'm a great receiver. Are you a good receiver? It is, now this is going to seem strange to you. It is a violation of scripture, disobedience to scripture to not be a giver. How many agree with that? If the scripture tells us to give, then to not obey that is a violation of scripture. It is just as much a violation of scripture to not be a good receiver as it is to not be a giver. Because Jesus says, give and it shall be given to you, which implies giving, give is present tense continuum, which implies it's a lifestyle. Well, it shall be given unto you. Receiving should be a lifestyle. And I'll be honest with you, there was a time when I had an unrenewed mind and I wasn't a good receiver. And, and people would try to give me things and I would push it away. I've always had a good board of, of directors at our church who always wanted my wife and Pete to prosper. And sometimes they wanted to give me an increase because we didn't set, we don't set our salaries. We didn't set ourselves, haven't ever set our salaries. And the board wanted to give us an increase and went, no, and I would turn it down years ago. I would turn it down. And then the spirit of God spoke to me one time and he, he specifically said this. He said, let me prosper you. Think about that. Here God is, had to get permission from me to prosper me. He wanted to prosper me, but he was speaking to people to bless me, but I was struggling in my heart. Uh, and, and actually, I wasn't just turning down people. I was turning down God. Are you a good receiver? In order to be a good receiver, are you getting something from this? I'm much better at it. Alexis says, I'm better. I was big on giving, but I have struggled with receiving. I'm so much better now. Great. Carl says, I'm getting much better. I wasn't a good receiver for a long time. Isn't that something? Jesus, forgive me for not being a good receiver. Okay, Jewel, come on now. That's good. Listen, I've struggled there. I've been there. When you struggle receiving, it is obvious that you, you have an unrenewed mind. And we're going to talk about that in our, in our uh, next door. But let's, let's look at this. 
In order to be a good receiver, now follow me, in order to be a good receiver, you have to overcome the enemy of pride. In order to be a good receiver, you have to overcome the enemy of pride. I'm going to say that again. Say that after me. I want you to say that after me because we're breaking yokes now. It's funny how people think we just have to break yokes on getting folk, uh, motivating people to give. You have to, some Christians, you have to break the yoke of pride over their lives. In order to be a good receiver, you have to overcome the enemy of pride. Now, there are four characteristics of a prideful spirit, and I want you to evaluate yourself, and I hope this is your past. Like some of you said, I used to, I, I, I wasn't a good receiver, but I'm better now. Okay, now watch this. There are four characteristics of a prideful spirit. Number one, self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. Now watch this. In Luke 7, this Pharisee had invited, very religious person, had invited Jesus over there to his house. And while Jesus was there sitting in this Pharisee's house, this world, this woman came, and the Bible says that she was a sinner. So everyone in the town, including the Pharisee, knew that she was a sinner. As I said earlier, she was weeping, tears falling on Jesus' feet. She took her hair and dried his feet, washed his feet and dried it, then anointed his feet. And the Pharisee, this is how self-righteousness looks. The Pharisee said, if this man, he thought to himself, the scripture lets us know what he was thinking. He thought to himself about Jesus, if this man was a prophet, he would know that this woman was a sinner. In other words, if it had been him, he would have resisted her giving. And some Christians are like that. What if God moved on a sinner, a person living an ungodly life, to bless you, to sow into you? What if God motivated a sinner to do it? Would you be so self-righteous that you could not receive. Now, listen at this. Uh, a second characteristic of a prideful spirit is an independent spirit. I can do it myself. I can handle it. I don't need any help. A lot of Christians fall in that category. And really, some of that, and I fell in that category. I can, you know, I'm going to stand on my two feet. And many times we teach our children, and rightly so, but we teach them independence without balance. We don't teach them interdependence. We teach them independence. So I heard all my life growing up, you got to stand on your own two feet, you know, and so we hear that, we hear that, and we should be in a position where we can handle and pay our bills and we can uh, take care of our family. We should get to that place. But there's a, a but we should imbalance to just be independent because God created us to be interdependent, and then God uses people to bless us. So if God wants to bless us, how is He going to bless us if we won't receive from anybody else? 
that independent spirit. A third uh, characteristic of a prideful spirit is a know-it-all attitude. That was Naaman. Remember, Naaman was a Syrian uh, a military general, and he had leprosy, and the, and the, the Israelite, Israeli girl instructed him to go to Samaria, and there was a prophet there named Elijah that would heal him. He went to uh, Samaria. The prophet didn't even come out, said, I want you to go and dip seven times in the Jordan. He got all upset. We're going to walk away because he thought that the rivers in his hometown was better than the Jordan River. You know, so he had this know-it-all attitude. And there's another characteristic related to this know-it-all attitude, and that's a controlling spirit. I'm going to tell God who to use to bless me. I'm going to control it. God... Who God uses, listen to me now, we're breaking that prideful spirit. Who God uses is his prerogative, not yours. If you try to control who God is going to use to bless you, because think about it, you can't afford to put God in a box because God may use a family member. Why? Because their hearts are already bent toward you. God may use a friend. Their hearts are already bent toward you. God may use a church member. God may use the church. God may use strangers. God may use enemies. God may use sinners. God can use rich people. God can use poor people. Okay, watch. If you had this prideful spirit, and you were Elijah over in 1 Kings 17, the brook dried up, the Bible says. Elijah was being provided through birds and the brook, water from the brook. But the brook dried up. And God said to Elijah, I want you to go to Zarephath, and I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. So he gets to uh, Zarephath. He sees this widow woman, and she's, go- she's out gathering sticks to make a fire because she has enough flour to make a cake, one small cake, and she has decided, I'm going to bake this cake of bread. My son and I are going to eat it, and we're going to die. And you get there, you know she's a widow because God told you, and in that day, most widows were poor. And the woman, you said, go get me a drink of water. She, she goes to give you a drink of water, and you said, get me a little cake first. And she said, listen, I don't have it. Listen, I got just enough to make a small uh, pancake for me and my son. We're going to eat it and die. If that woman told you that, that's all I have, what would you have? How would you have responded? I'm willing to wager that many of you would have said to this widow woman, listen, I know you don't have much. I know you don't have much. I'm not going to take your little. And guess what? You would have been instrumental in that woman dying because you, God intended for Elijah to be a channel of blessing to get her the provision that he wanted to give her. But she, not having much, had to take the little that she had and give, and then God was going to multiply that situation. 
But many of us would have said, no, you don't have much. I know you don't have much. Years ago, one of my members heard me teaching, heard the word, and I wasn't taking up an offering. I was just teaching the word. Like right now, I'm not teaching, taking up an offering. I'm just teaching the word. She heard me, and she gave me, she gave me 68 cents, 68 cents. And I knew, I knew she was in that struggle season in her life. But guess what? I received it. Why? Because God put it on her heart to give. I received it. Now, the 68 cents was not going to take any care of any needs that I had. But she was operating in a principle of giving and receiving, and God wanted to multiply back to her, and he did. He did. He did. But many of us will tell the poor and the needy, no, you go ahead, and and they're trying to operate in the principle, but our prideful spirit will hinder that person. And you know, that, that, that I struggle with members giving to me. I struggle early with that. And then I began to get my mind renewed and I realized that I wasn't being spiritual. I was being prideful and I was hindering our member, my members from operating this opening this door to the rich life through their giving and receiving. So I start receiving. I start receiving. Are you a good receiver? Now, the truth of the matter is God wants to bless you because he loves you. And if your heart is open to be a channel of blessing, he want to bless you in it even more, but he doesn't just want to bless you so you can give it all away. He wants to bless you because he loves you and he know that you're going to be a channel of blessing, but sometimes he just want you to have it. And it's all right for you to have something. Okay. It's all right. That door of giving and receiving I see a amen. I see a yes. I see a I receive that. Great. I see a hallelujah. Great. I receive that. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you received that because that's a good word. And God releases blessings to us through our giving and receiving. Our giving and receiving. Now, <clears throat> let's move quicker. I, I got, I still got <clears throat> some time. Let's talk about the second door. The second door is the door of mind re- renewal, the door of mind renewal. We're talking about doors to the rich life. We're answering the how question. How does God release uh, riches to his people? Well, number, door number one, the law of giving and receiving. It has to do with money. The second door, the door of mind renewal, has to do with our thinking, our thoughts, our thinking, our thinking. Now, listen at this. I'm going to give you some proof text. I want to define what mind renewal is, and then I want to explain to you uh 
how you can know when your mind is renewed. Now, listen at this. Deuteronomy 29, verse 9, in the New King James Version. Deuteronomy 29, verse 9, New King James Version. It says, therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Now, notice, keep the words. We're not talking about money now. We dealt with that in that first law. We're talking about our thinking. Keep the words of this covenant. Now, Joshua 1.8 in the New King James Version says, This book of the law, that's the word of God. The word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Now, in both Deuteronomy 29.9 and Joshua 1.8, words, words are mentioned before doing. Words are mentioned before doing. Now, one of the doors that we're going to talk about in our next session will be the door of obedience. But now notice here, mind renewal is a key to obedience. That's why I'm mentioning it first. You're not going to be able to do if your thinking is out of alignment. Now, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, in his heart, so is he as a man thinks inside. So we see right now, mind renewal, it takes place on the inside of us. See, some people want their exterior, external circumstances to change. But the key to the external changing is your internal must change. The reason why maybe some of you are experiencing lack and scarcity and poverty in your external environment is because you're poor on the inside. You have to change you on the inside, and then your external environment will begin to change. Romans 12, 2, we're talking about the door of mind renewal. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, notice mind renewal. Mind renewal is the key to transformation, Mind renewal is the key to transformation. In fact, say that mind renewal is a key to transformation. So let's answer the what question. What is mind renewal? What do you mean by mind renewal? Mind renewal, follow me now, is an exchange that leads to change. It said that my renewal is an exchange. Come on, say that my renewal is an exchange. Come on, say it again. My renewal is an exchange that leads to change. In other words, you are intentionally exchanging God's thoughts for your thoughts. 
God says in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So if God's thoughts are higher than ours, then we can't live on that high level until we embrace his way of thinking. So my renewal is where I take my way of thinking about finances, about money, about the things of prosperity and, and, and everything else. And I exchange, I'm going to, I'm going to move out my way of thinking, and then I'm going to download God's way of thinking. Now, when you renovate, and that's what my renewal is, when you renovate a house or you renovate a building, you're going to tear out the old and you're going to bring in the new. It may be new walls. It may be new paint. It may be new furniture. It may be utilities. It may be new rooms. But that that house or that building, when renovated, is going to look totally different than before it was renovated. And the reason why I struggle first with giving and then I struggle secondly with receiving is because my mind wasn't renewed. I was operating out of my thoughts. I was operating out of logic. I was operating out, out of emotions. I was operating out of a people-pleasing mentality. I was operating out of error. So when your mind is renewed, you have to tear out that old way of thinking and replace it with God's way of thinking. Now, my renewal, follow me now. This is so important. Follow me. My renewal involves the word, not money. It's the word. Now, some Christians... They're involved in this giving thing. They give, they give, they give, but their mind is not renewed. Their mind is not renewed. Their mind, it is, it's, it's not just the money, investing the money. It's also sowing the word. It's sowing the word because mind renewal has to do with the word. The principle of mind renewal is this. Now, listen, listen. The principle of my renewal is different kinds of word seed produces different kinds of life harvest. I'll say that again. The principle, are you getting this? Hey, Berthine, are you getting this, Berthine? Are you getting this, Teresa? Sylvester, hey, my brother, good to, good to have you with us today. Man of God, you're doing a great work. Sylvester, you're doing a great work, and we're so proud of what you're doing. Now, listen at this. The principle of my renewal is different kinds of word seeds produces different kinds of life harvest. That's Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. What silver man soweth, that shall he reap. Now, listen, everyone has five basic needs. I learned this as a pastor. Five basic needs, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, social, that's relational, and financial. 
Okay, so if I'm if I want a life harvest in my spirit life, I'm gonna have to sow spiritual seeds, teaching on the spiritual part of the Christian life. If I want emotional health and well-being, then I have to plant and listen to teaching on uh, peace and uh, and overcoming rejection and low self-esteem. If I want health, physical health, I have to plant healing, teaching on healing. And if I want good relationships, then I got to listen to things on friendship and marriage and parenting, and then it enhances my relationship. But if I want a harvest of financial prosperity, then I have to listen to teaching and sermons and lessons on finances and money. And, And if I sow that kind of seed, then my mind become renewed in that area. And I learned that as a pastor. I sow seed if I want the church to grow spiritual. I sow that kind of teaching if I want them to have uh, good mental health. I sow this kind of seed if I want to help the congregation. I sow this kind of seed if I want uh, good relationships. And then I got to do some teaching on this finances and money thing if I want my congregation to prosper. So listen, different kinds of seed produces different kinds of harvest. Now, Years ago, when I was struggling financially, I was struggling financially. I'm talking about personally. So I spent a season where I only listened to sermons and teaching and read books on financial prosperity. I spent a whole season. I have in my house a, a library. I got hundreds and hundreds of books. I got a ladder that I can roll around and go up and get books up here and all over the place. So I decided, okay, I'm going to count some of these prosperity books because I wanted to share it with you. I went to one section because I got my leadership books here, my faith books here, healing books here, relationship books here. I got all these books in different places and then on both sides, just books everywhere. So I went to one section. Now I got prosperity books of the place. I went to one section and counted the books and I counted over 150 books. And I have read many of those books and parts of those books, but that's because there was a season where I was renewing my mind and I knew that I had to do some work to, to line my thinking up to God's way of thinking I hope that makes hope that makes sense. Now, in closing, I want to I want to I want to I want to say this. I thought I was going to get to the third one, but I want to say this and I'll close. How can I know if my mind is renewed? How can I know if my mind is renewed? How can I know? What are the symptoms? What are the evidence of a renewed mind? I'm going to give you seven right quick and I'll close this this part. Number 1, when your mind is renewed, and specifically now we're dealing with finance, not finances and prosperity, prosperity. 
you can have your mind renewed in one area and then not be renewed in another one of those five areas. But we're talking finances right now. God wants you to be rich, so we're talking finances. You'll know that your mind is renewed to financial prosperity, kingdom prosperity, number one, when you recognize God is your source and you look to him for increase. You recognize that God is your source and you look to him for increase. So you're not mad at people. You're not angry at folk, okay? Because God is your source and you're looking to him for increase. Number two, you're not, you're, you know your mind is renewed when you're not ashamed or embarrassed by God's blessings and prosperity in your personal life. You're not ashamed. You're not embarrassed about God's prosperity and blessings in your life. God bless you with a nice house. You're not ashamed of it. God bless you with a nice car. You're not ashamed of it. God bless you with a great job. God has promoted you. God has took you from one place to another place. You, you, you're living in a large place and you're not ashamed of it. You're not defensive. You don't feel like you have to explain everything to people because you know it was God that gave you the power to get the wealth. So you're not intimidated. You're not intimidated. You're not ashamed. You don't feel like you got to hide what God is doing in your life. Number three, you understand that prosperity, you understand the prosperity integrity connection. And I'm going to teach you that in one of the other doors. Number four, you understand the prosperity persecution connection. That's Mark 10, 29 through 30. Jesus said, promised a hundredfold to those who forsake all for the kingdom's sake. He said, I bless you with houses. I bless you with land. I bless you with relationships. Then he says, with persecution, it goes together. And when your mind is renewed, you don't get offended when you're persecuted. You expect it. It goes with the territory. Your mind is renewed fifthly when you realize you're God's servant and not men. You don't owe an explanation to men. You don't have to be spending all this time trying to please people and make sure everybody's happy. When I began to teach on prosperity, I got called different kinds of names. That's their problem, not mine. Okay? I'm not serving men. I'm serving God. God told me to preach what I'm preaching. So I don't have to give explanations. I don't have to depend because I'm not serving men. When your mind is renewed, you know you're serving God and not men. When your mind is renewed, you, your giving is no longer an obligation. It's an opportunity. Your giving is no longer an obligation. It's an opportunity. And finally, and we'll go back over this in our next session, Finally, when your mind is renewed, you see yourself as a partner with God and a channel of his blessings. You see yourself as a partner with God and a channel of his blessings. Okay? So you not only believe to receive, you expect to receive. Because you know God is getting resources in your hand to be a channel of blessings. But you only know that if your mind is renewed.
Now, listen, I covered a lot of territory, but in our next session, our last session, I'm going to go back and I'm going to review this mind renewal and then we'll pick up with the next session seven and we'll close this out. I trust that you were blessed today. I trust that it made a difference in your life that increase, I speak increase, I speak riches is being released to you in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm.